Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Friends, I want to remind you that we still have tickets available for our next Happy Hour Live event on May 15th and 16th. Friday night, our guests are Tasha Morrison and Shelly Giglio. Saturday night, Jennifer Allwood and Christy Wright will join me on stage. This is a ladies' night full of encouragement, laughter, and love. Someone once said, it's like the best things from a women's retreat, but better and all in a three-hour span of time. I love that review of our event. Go to jamieivy.com slash events. We would love to see you there. Happy, happy March, you guys. It's the first Wednesday in March and I love the month of March. Can I tell you a few reasons why I love March? Number one, March Madness. I love the college basketball tournament. I make the brackets. I make my family do the brackets. It's so much fun. Another thing I love about March is that my dad is turning 70 this weekend. Dad, happy, happy birthday. I love you. Thanks for being such a great cheerleader in my life. Also, right now, as you're listening to my voice, Aaron and I, my husband and I, are currently in Mexico City. We're doing a little bit of work, a lot of sightseeing, and a lot of eating. Also, spring break is around the corner. The weather in Texas is amazing in March. Daylight savings. Y'all, I just love March, and I also love today's show. Today's show, the first Wednesday of March, I'm happy to introduce my friend Nancy Mattingly to you all. She has been such a cheerleader and prayerful friend in my life and in my family's life. Today on the show, Nancy and I talk about how she is such a prayer warrior. Uh, You're going to be encouraged by that. We also talk about the loss of her son to suicide and how her and her family have walked through this pain together. We openly talk about mental health and counseling a lot on the happy hour and especially on today's show because we see God working in the midst of counseling. I've seen it firsthand in my life, how he has helped me through counseling. I see it present in my friends' lives who are dealing with uh, mental illness. And so we value counseling. I think you're gonna see that today as well. I also hope that today when you hear Nancy's conversation that you're gonna observe the love and the compassion that flows from her broken heart. I know that this topic could possibly be triggering to some of you who have struggled with mental illness or you have struggled with friends who have walked through this, but I want you to know that uh, we are praying that this conversation would be a source of comfort to anyone who listens and a source of hope and of love and that you would hear Nancy talk about their journey and that you would actually see God in it. And you would see that he is her comforter and her source of strength in the midst of something that is still very, very, very painful. Also, just a little heads up, Nancy's granddaughter was in the room during this taping and apparently she wanted to be on the show as well. So I know none of you will mind if she speaks up on the show. I didn't mind when she spoke up, but I wanted to let you know that you might hear a sweet baby girl at some point in the interview. Also, real quick, before we jump into Nancy's conversation, I wanna say a special thank you to our Patreon party people. Your support and your partnership impacts every single thing that we do at the happy hour. We're able to work on new projects that help us share Jesus with our friends and families. Aaron and I were just hanging out with our party people for our monthly Unplugged Live with the Ivies. We love these nights every single month because we get to be face-to-face with all of our VIP friends and talk together about all kinds of things from current music favorites to tough parenting moments to projects we're working on to answering whatever question you want to ask. It's a lot of fun and we would love for you to come join us. It's like $6 a month, you guys, and you get extra shows. It is a lot of fun over there. So check it out, jamieivy.com slash Patreon for all of the details. All right, friends, here's my conversation with my friend, Nancy. Hey, Nancy, welcome to the happy hour. Jamie, thank you for having me. Nancy Mattingly, who I have wanted to have you on the show for a long time, And you finally said yes. Well, you're so gracious (laughs) to ask me. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy. Okay. I'm going to, we're going to go back and tell everyone how we met, but first it just introduce yourself. Okay. Where you live, what you do, 
your children's and the, their children's and all and the all that. Mm-hmm. Okay. My name is Nancy Mattingly and I uh, am married to my husband, Mitch, almost 41 years. Congratulations. That's, that's a big deal. It's a really, that's a big, really deal. big deal. It makes, but you know, then it's funny because I don't feel that old. Like I don't feel 40 years old. So how then can how I could be, married, be for married for 41? But anyway, yeah. we'll let y'all do the math on that. Um, we have four children. Uh, our oldest Kyle is in heaven. Our second, Mark, is married to Lindsay, lives in Nashville area with their two boys, Malachi and Ezekiel. And then Adam, my third son, and his wife, Laura, and their two boys live in the Dallas area. Um, Those boys are Landon. See, this is a test, isn't it? Landon and Owen. And then my daughter, Sarah, is married to her husband, John. And they also live in the Dallas area with their two children, now, you may be counting at this point. That's six grandchildren. Well, we do have six grandchildren, but there are five boys. So Levi and then the last little princess was born, Nora. So she's There's just three months. There's only one girl in this whole One mix. girl, six, six grandchildren, all in the last three and a half years. Oh, my gosh. So there you go. That's And so that's what we're doing. Anyway. My husband and I moved from the Houston area where we'd lived all our lives uh, to the Nashville area about two years ago. And that was definitely, you know, a big adjustment and a move of the Lord because we were never going to Because you've been there forever. Been there forever. When so. I met you, that's where you lived. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. still, I still can't forget about this six children in three and a half years thing. It's. Do you have everybody at home? For one of the holidays? We just had Christmas together in Tennessee, and it was crazy fun. Did I mention crazy? (laughs) But (laughs) But do you love that? Chaotic and wonderful. I loved it. I think I just had one time where I was crying just a little bit because I had been making um, our... Christmas morning breakfast for about two hours and I hadn't finished yet. And they were doing pictures of all the kids and I was missing it. So then I just put it all down. Can I get one picture with my grandchildren? So there's this crazy picture with they're all in matching Christmas pajamas. I love it. I probably still have dough on my hands, but it didn't matter. What do they call you? Momo. Momo. And what about your husband? Well, that's you know, there's not a simple story in the oh, bunch. Oh, I love this. Okay, so his name was going to be Poppy. Uh-huh. But our first grandson... Wouldn't have it. Well, how it came out was Babu. So is it Babu? Well, it's Babu in Tennessee, and it's Poppy in <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> so far, the kids didn't really notice at Christmas, but that at some so point, funny. they will. Yeah. That is the best. You know, uh, did you ever watch Parenthood? Of course. Okay. Yes. So there were four children. Yes. And that family. And they always, when they would get together, I mean, it was just right. crazy chaos. Yes. But I've always looked at that and thought, this is, I don't want to miss the moment I'm in now. But I, there is right. something I'm really looking forward to. You're going to be the best. When I am the season. Momo. Momo? Momo. Momo. When, when I am Momo, Momo and we got Bobby, Babu, Babu, <laughs> Poppy, Poppy and Mamu. I really look forward to that. It's so, it's by far the best season so far. By all your parenting? By far. And you, as much as you love your kids as they're aging Uh and the older. Because we really love our our 16-year-old right now. Yes. Yes. You're going to... You're going to flip, flip out, literally. Okay, this is kind of crazy, too, for me to think about. And you can remember when you were in my mm-hmm. shoes at mm-hmm. 42. Mm-hmm. Aaron and I did a podcast the other day. We talked about our last decade. And we talked about what we hope for the next decade and our 16-year-old will be 26 mm-hmm. in 10 years. Does I was married with a baby yes. at 26. Does that blow your mind? That I could be Mamu in 26? I mean, <laughs> Momo. T- Momo? You can be Mamu. You can be whoever you want to be. I'm just Momo. That yes. I could be Momo in 10 years, that blows my mind. That seems crazy. Well, and you would be a very young Momo. Too. I just need this 16-year-old to get his driver's license first. That's, That's right. what we're dealing That's right. with at our could house. Could you please just drive could to you the please store? drive, and your brothers, to wherever they need <laughs> to go. Please That's where we are right to now. practice. Yes, yes. Because those days, you can feel like... It's the impossible. I mean, like this isn't, how is this going to work? Oh. I have to be in four different places at the same time. We have calendar meetings all the time where I'm like, everyone, I need to know everything you're doing this week. And if a kid comes to me like in the morning, it's like, hey, I had this after school. Mm-hmm. Dude, you have to bring that up sooner. Sorry. Right. <laughs> you're going to have to bring out. that to the table sooner than the morning of. You missed you out. You missed out. Um, okay. So I want to tell how we met. Okay. And in fact, before we started recording, 
your daughter Sarah is here. It's a picture mm-hmm. of when we first met at camp right. 14 and a half years ago. That's right. The reason we know how old, because I'm holding my oldest, who's a year and a half. Yes. Cuteness is all over him. Oh, he was so adorable. And I was just this, I mean, I was a young mom mm-hmm. and we met at a camp. Okay, you tell how we met, okay? Okay, this is my version. Now, your husband has an entirely different, more dramatic version. He tends to lean towards the dramatic side. he's not here today, so- He doesn't have a voice right now. But he does like to call me the crazy lady, (laughs) which I may or may not have been on the verge of. But I would go with our senior, um, junior high and senior high kids to student life camp and was always amazed at the camp workers that just had this drive to give these kids that just showed up the best experience, but they had done six camps already. And I'm like, where did they get this energy? And then they get these worship leaders that just come with everything they have just for the Lord, but they'll go play Frisbee with the kids. And the kids are like, these are rock stars that have something to do with us. What is this life? And the speakers were just amazing. And so I just felt this um, almost like an itch that you just have to scratch to tell y'all how much I appreciate you. But then you had this adorable baby. And so I just went on to say, and I'd be happy to help you with the baby anytime. Like, you don't know me. <laughs> You've never laid eyes on me. We don't stranger danger. <laughs> stranger we don't danger. give our child to stranger danger. But it just started a friendship that yeah. we've carried basically online or through phone mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. And we touch yeah. base every once in a while in real life. Yeah. But well, let me tell you something fun. about you, Nancy, is because when we met 14 and a half years ago, what you've done in my life over the past 14 years is I can honestly say I don't know anyone else in my life that's prayed for me more than you have. And that is like for real. That's legit. Um no one else tells me that much as you with a a random text or a phone call, or I'll see you somewhere. Uh, But here's where I want to tell you, I had a little jealousy in my heart a few times. (laughs) I thought I had this Nancy Maddenly all to myself. Like (laughs) I thought it was just, Nancy just prayed for me. She's mine. Yeah, she's mine. And I'll go places and I don't know how your name will come up or you'll comment on something and be like, oh my gosh, I love Nancy. And I'll be like, Wait, you know Nancy too? And they're like, yeah, she prays for me so much. I'm like, oh wait, this isn't just me. I'm not the I'm not the special one here. I love it. But that. I say that and it's beautiful. But you have this ministry that you have just kind of out of nowhere. I could list right now at the top of my head 15 people that I know that do something similar to me that you also treat them the same way. Why? Where is it? What is this? I, I don't know. It's the compelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's the fact that the Lord won't leave me alone. It's the thing that working in ministry as long as I did and seeing how the enemy comes for those in the front lines, it's a defensiveness wanting to protect those I love. It's it's just literally a desire to see God do something among the people just unhindered by the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so prayer does that. And so I'm not, I wish I could say I have this war room and I go in this place for hours at a time, but most likely my my prayer time is on my morning run mm-hmm. now in the hills of Tennessee. I ran this morning in the flatlands of Texas and it was glorious. <laughs> yeah, Dallas <laughs> flatland. There are hills somewhere in Texas. My knees, thank, thank me. Yeah. But um, that's typically when I do my prayer. And I mean, just to be simple, the Lord brings people to mind. And I have learned in six plus decades of living that when he brings somebody to mind, pray for him. And then if he brings them to mind again, or if I remember, or if I have my phone and I'm not you know, in the shower or something, text him and say, I just want you to know I prayed for you. I love you. The Lord knows what it is. And it's beautiful. Do you remember in your six, you, you said it, not me, six decades. Six de- I'm 62. 62. Do you remember when this came afresh for you? I realized, well, and maybe I should back up and say that I had a job at Living Proof Ministries for almost- Which a, is Beth Moore. I almost think. two yeah. decades. Mm-hmm. And uh, my son, Mark, just had his 35th birthday. Well, I was, I think, one month from giving birth to him when I 
I mean, he was a month old when I met Beth. So we've known each other 35 years. And when I first met her and we were on her living room floor doing prayer breakfast once a month. Um, On the floor, not on a table? We're sitting, all sitting on the floor. Okay. She's doing a little devotional. Oh, I see. And then we kind of divide up in the house and pray. She gives us time, legit time to go pray. And I just remember thinking maybe what she said in the little devotional ministered to me, or maybe that next week I saw God move that I would have missed. So I wrote her a note and then I wrote her another note. And so and she would teach for her. me at this point. Oh, no. You just came to at the this Bible point, study. I came to the Bible. Study. Got it. It wasn't even really like a Bible study. It was more like just a little devotional time, then she'd hand us up. You probably don't know about mimeograph sheets, but instead of having a copier, we had a mimeograph machine that you print off these sheets okay. of little devotionals, one per day for the month. And so you got, went home with a little stapled sheet uh-huh. that you could turn every day and do a little devotional. So it's basically ministering to moms where they are. Yeah. You don't have a whole lot of time. Can you read this sheet? you know, and have time with God. And she had young kids too. She did. Yes. Yes. So like sometimes I was doing my prayer time in Melissa's room Mm -hmm. or Amanda's room or whatever. So she would do that. And I just, my response to her, my response to the Lord was to tell her how it ministered to me. I did not understand a gift of encouragement or what, you know, I was mid Mm twenties. I just was young in my faith. And didn't really have a lot of examples of people of faith, but I knew I had to. My husband sometimes would go, and I remember this distinctly, honey, leave the poor woman alone. And I go, I know I want to. I really do want to. So I knew then that that was something um, that I needed to do. Yeah. And hopefully they appreciate it. If not, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? Somebody who knows that, you know, you're praying you're for thankful. them. You're thankful, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bad deal. Yeah. It's okay. So, and it just expanded as I met more people and I just became friends. That became, they they came on my radar. Your encouragement to them. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, my little grocery manager, I just prayed for him for decades, you know, because I was there all the time with four kids. Uh You go sometimes more than once a day. Yeah. Because... You know, the kids go through the food pretty fast. So. Well, I think it's beautiful and it's ministered to me Thank so you. much. And it's taught me what it means to really genuinely pray for people. And I'm even encouraged right now of, you made it sound so simple when you're like, well, I thought of someone, so I prayed for them. Well, and then if I could, I yeah, told them. Right. And I'm not always good about it. I mean, we're just going to mess up. But the word says pray continually. Well, what does that mean? You can't pray continually. I'm, like, I'm having a conversation with you right now. Mm-hmm. How can I pray continually? But it legit is just staying mindful and open to what the situation is and how can the Lord be a part of that. Yeah. And so as people come to mind or I get a picture of somebody or I think of somebody, I pray for them. Yeah. I love so it. It's well, it's sweet. beautiful. And I can see how God's used it so Thank much so in your much. life. Um and I, when I found out that I wasn't, you know, the special one to Nancy, but <laughs> hey, there were a lot. You are the special I'm special. One okay, I take Nancy. it. Thank you. It's my show. You can say that. It is your show. Thank you. And <laughs> Thank you. And I'm not even kidding when I say I have listened to every single one of your podcasts. I know you tell me, and I love it. I read your book and loved Aww. it and highlighted a majority of it. I am so proud of you. Well, you're kind. Because I have seen you since. I haven't, I mean, I didn't birth you and I really have no uh, stake in this, uh-huh. but I have just seen the Lord do beautiful things in your life. And I'm so, Thank so proud you. of you. Well, I'm thankful for you in my life. Okay. You mentioned earlier when you're introducing your family that your oldest son, Kyle, is in mm-hmm. heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, January, it was six years yes. since Kyle passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about that journey with you and your husband and your family and the lie that, you know, time does not heal your wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so can you take us back and walk through um, what happened? I don't even mm-hmm. know what happened exactly, mm-hmm. but take us back to that sudden loss that your whole family went through in January of 2014. Well, I mean, 
there are things that happen in your life that have become markers. I love the term spiritual markers because those mean that, oh, you really turned a corner, really grew spiritually or whatever. But these other markers are just, dadgummit, they're going to be, there's just going to be a monument there and you never wanted it to be. And that certainly is what our situation was with Kyle. He he um, was 32 years old and had gone through a really difficult time and honestly was just mentally not in a good place. And at that point, rather than embrace those that were coming for him with love and truth and help, he isolated. And um, that would be the first thing I would say is just, you know, if you're in a hard place, don't isolate. Mm. You know, if someone's reaching out to you, go for it. Take that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, um, you know, the devastation left behind is just, it's immense. Yeah. Um, but he took his own life and we found out about it. He was, he was not in our state at the time. Actually, that afternoon, I should have been at Bible study, should have been working, but Houston had, I'm going to use air quotes, Uh our listeners can't see that, (laughs) but we had an ice storm. We know what that means in Texas. And so basically the city shut down. Mm -hmm. I think it was probably the only time we ever had to cancel Bible study, Bible study. Mm But had it not been canceled, I would not have been there when the police came to our door. Do you see that as God's grace that you were home? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Undeniably, the hand of God. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, what else could you imagine Mm -hmm. it could be? He held us so tightly through that whole time that the shock, you can't do anything about your body going into legitimate shock. But we knew he was there. And the first thing my husband and I did after the police left was pray together and just say, help us. Our sweet girl had just been on a plane two weeks before to fly to Hong Kong to be a helper, nanny to missionary family. And our first thought was, you know, all our kids were out of town, some out of state, some out of the country. What, what do you, what do we do? What do you do? Uh, Who, Who's, who's in who charge? Do you, who do you call first? Who is in charge? Yeah, yeah. And um, so it took a couple of who'd days, you call first? really, for us to get through there. I, I, you don't honestly, know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think maybe family. Mm-hmm. I couldn't call Sarah because they were still asleep on the other side of the world. So, family, You're just in shock. We just got yeah, close yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'd go, oh, my gosh, I haven't even told so-and-so. It, yeah. it, your mind, you cannot be held responsible for anything mm-hmm. you did or didn't do at that time because it's yeah. just mind-numbing. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is then you're in the position of preparing for a memorial service. And I think how much time goes into preparing for, say, a wedding yeah. or the birth of a child, so many details carefully thought of and you've got, what, five or six days to come up with a memorial service, which is by far one of the most sacred things mm-hmm. that you could ever do for your kid. Yeah. Which, number one, you should never have to do for your right. kid. Right. So um, all, all those things were just um, mind-blowing. But what I will say, and, you know, there's been some bad rap about Christians and the body of Christ. And, I mean, we're not we're not wearing our best outfits right now. You know, we're just not in the best place. But I will say at that at that time when we went through so much loss, the body of Christ was the most beautiful thing to me because they came together and just held us and helped us and they were there and we just didn't have to worry about logistical things, you know, and... um so grateful, so grateful for those people that would pray for us, so grateful for those people that would drive places for us or, yeah. you know, bring a meal to us or card. Yeah. I, I saved every single card mm. and um, we've moved and I think I know where they are, but I do <laughs> go back where and they read are, yeah. them and words mean so much to me. So I love seeing that, you know, um, the body of Christ was a beautiful thing. What was it like for you as the roles that you were played within those first couple of weeks that you play, that you have all the time anyway, wife, 
but you're also mother to three children that are walking through this as well. How was that for you of trying to, A, understand your own grief and accept your own emotions, still thinking, I'm going to trust you, God. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were angry, we could talk about that. Never had that. But then you're still having to be a supportive Mm -hmm. wife to Mm -hmm. your husband who's grieving. And now your children are grieving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. I ran every single morning. I didn't miss one after he died. That was just my time. You did not miss one run. Mm-mm. Now, I mean, I, I mean, I, I might as well tell you, I have a little OCD. You know, just a little compulsive, and I learned early on use it for good, and you know, don't pick up any bad habits. So yes, yes. Um, I just felt like I would need to do that for my own sanity. So. I think I just got up and ran because that's what I did every normal day. And so I just would get up and run, have my prayer time. I had my phone with me. So sometimes it meant I was making memorial service arrangements or whatnot. Um, But I got that in for me. And so then I could go home and tend to my husband. If he's having a really hard time, then just sit with them and I mean, we just sat and cried, Jamie. I mean, that's just what you do. But I probably, in the mom role, didn't grieve with them as much as I probably should looking back as I did. It's going to be fine. God's here. We're going to be okay. You know, just... You felt like you needed to be strong for them? I don't know that I even thought about it. It's just, just what happened. It's it's how it worked out. Now, you said and, looking back, you think you should have grieved more. Yeah. I think it probably would have been better just to sit and lament with them. But what does it look like just, now for you guys? We talk about Kyle a lot. Um, we still are having, I mean, we still have our bumps. I mean, my gosh, if a family doesn't yeah. after all this, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. Then kudos to y'all. Uh-huh. But we still have our bumps, but um, we talk about him and we get to remember together and. You know, we tell all the little ones about Uncle Kyle, who would have been the best crazy uncle in the Mm -hmm. world. And um, everything just comes with the knowledge that it's not as it should have been, but we're going to appreciate the goodness that it is. And so we love being together, even though it means we're not ever all together again. There's that constant awareness that someone is missing. it's, It's a constant... I almost see it like the old-fashioned teeter-totters where you're standing in the middle, just kind of teeter-tottering between the pain and the loss and the joy and the normalcy of today or routine or just normal. And there's always this awareness. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just our new normal. Yeah. I feel like a little bit more awareness in the past couple of years within the church, speaking of mental illness. Yes. Even speaking about, um, you know, death by suicide. Yes. When you are having to kind of relive your pain when Mm -hmm. you see someone else going through this, how are the ways, you said the church helped you so much, Mm -hmm. but what does it look like for me as a friend to somebody to walk along someone with something I don't understand? Um, And so, you know, we've seen in the past two years, two pastors, you know, Mm -hmm. that in public, Mm -hmm. uh, that we know them from the public eye. Mm journey through this and their wives or parenting small children. I guess my question is, how can you encourage us that are going to walk along someone who is either dealing with mental illness or is going to be left here after someone has died by suicide? Yeah, it's um, obviously different for every individual. For me, I would say people would ask me how things are going. You know, how's your family? What's going on? This is when Kyle was alive. And I go, well, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to praise the Lord and plenty of need to pray for, you know? So that's just where we lived was in that balance. And I would say after we lost him, some of the, some of the best things, I can remember a conversation at a bridal shower with a woman I barely knew who was more in tune with asking questions about my son than some of the closest people in our life. And I think because maybe she had some background in counseling or whatnot, asking about the person who has gone is not going to hurt the mother. I've heard that so often through doing my show. 
And I, someone told me one time, they said, I just want people to acknowledge that he lived. Right. Well, the, and I understand the concept of not wanting to bring hurt, uh-huh. but you're not you going to remind that, me I right? had a son. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. Or even remind you that he's not here. Exactly. You live that every day. I live it every day. I live it every day. Now, I will say there's some days I open my eyes and it's not my first. It doesn't hit like a, you know, cement block to the chest or something. But a lot of days it does. Did you ever think that would happen? That would come? Mm-mm. No. And I mean, it, it may take 10 seconds, but, you know. Talk about that because you just mentioned, you know, like, I'm, I'm sure there was, there was a time where it was every other minute. This is a thought. Oh. And in the midst of trauma, pain, yeah. it feels as though I'll never, I'll never have a day where this is not suffocating. I'm not saying you don't have days that are suffocating, but I would guess that you don't have as many days that are suffocating as you used to. Talk about that. The you know, time's not mm-hmm. healing anything, but what does that look like for you? What happened in my life right afterwards was I went back to work and started serving in in the place of ministry the Lord had me at the time, and it re- it was. Uh, something like that that helped me remember I wasn't the only person in pain. Now, I wasn't always in the mood to go to lunch or to chat it up, you know, or to, I was pretty quiet. I'm more of an introvert. People that know me don't believe me, but I really am an introvert nature-wise in, in myself. So I could have very easily have curled up in the fetal position and not left that. So I had to get out. And I knew that was healthier for me. And it's going to sound weird, but quite honestly, the Lord would bring people to mind that I needed to serve. And he made me go do it. And so almost every week, there was somebody I either went and helped them move or helped with their kids. I did things I didn't really want to do, but I did it for Jesus. And I felt like it was for him. But in looking back, it was for me too, because it was just getting out of my own loss for five seconds and giving to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really healthy, or it was for me, and other people have their own experiences, but it was just healthy for me to get out of my own self for a minute. That's not to say I didn't spend a whole heck of a lot of time. Yeah. Did you and your husband grieve differently? Mm -hmm. Still do. Still do. Still do. But... um, I just think a lot about it. I don't have a lot of words. And he's more of a quiet man and he has a lot of words. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just different. Yeah. But um, I'd say we're in a good place. Now, he, what he ended up doing was getting involved in prison ministries, which was really special for him. It was a really sweet season of seeing him pour into some men that had nobody Mm -hmm. and um, really just see him love with the love of Christ what we would have hoped someone had done for Mm -hmm. Kyle. And what I pray they did. If we don't know about it, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. But that's what I would say too, to anybody that has someone in their life that has some mental illness or anything like that, Find some people that can pour into mm-hmm. them. Get even when they're grown ups, it's hard. Yeah. Y'all, I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. you're not in charge. It's big kids, yeah. It you just can't be yeah. in charge, but you can pray that God will put somebody yeah. in their life. And so how that's, old was Kyle when he passed away? Thirty two. Okay, thirty two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What um what do you miss the most about him? <laughs> his laugh, probably his laugh, his um eyes when he told a story, his enthusiasm. He was very passionate. He was a mountain man. So he did ice climbing and rock climbing and avalanche forecasting. And I mean, just things I didn't understand were even a thing, but he was a mountain guide of of all types and just his enthusiasm for the day. Yeah. You know, I just, I miss that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you ever think, I'm, I'm imagining this is a yes, and it's going to sound like a really dumb question when I oh, say it out loud. Ask. But um, I have never lost anyone. Um, well, I mean, in my immediate family, the way that you have. Gotcha. Grand, all my grandparents are gone. Gotcha. Um, do you ever 
and this also, now that I'm thinking about this, could be a personality thing. I'm, I'm setting this up really bad. So whatever I say, you're going to be like, that was a dumb question. Do you imagine when you'll see him again? Oh, yeah. Like, I think about that sometimes. I see it feels like I set it up too much. So it was kind of a dumb oh, question. No. But I mean, I think sometimes... No, I dream of it. You I mean, do? I want to dream of it. Do you dream of him? But I have, yes, I have dreamt of him. I just can't remember it all. But I have Like dreamt. you wake up and... Mm-hmm. I knew I was with him. I was speaking with um, Jonathan Pitts mm-hmm. just recently who mm-hmm. lost Winter a year, his wife Winter a year and a half ago. And he said he had a dream recently where she was there and she just walked right past him. And he said he just wanted to get back in the dream to see yeah. like... It, it, but now, I was just happens? wondering you if you dream happens. about him. Yeah, I, I, I pray too. I have a specific friend that prays that too, that prays that, that you'll I dream. Will dream of, that I'll dream of him. But one thing it does is it makes going to sound Sunday school answer, but it makes heaven seem more real. There's just, you know, it's legit what has happened. Like we know he's alive. We know he's whole. We know he's okay. I want to see that. Right. You know, that's what I, yeah. I want to see that. I want to be on the other side and go, it's everything we thought and then some. And I think he would tell us that. He shouldn't have gotten there that way. Mm-hmm. Don't ever hear anything other than don't do that. Mm-hmm. But it is the great reward. Jesus is the great reward. And to be with him, I mean, I can just imagine Kyle frolicking with him. You know, there are mountains and there are guides that are needed. <laughs> there are needed mountain guides. doing yep. it. But, um, you know, the irony was that he had all these dangerous jobs and he did them with such care and expertise and then took his own life. I just still, I think sometimes that's not funny at all, but, um, we have a hope, Jamie. And I think for anybody that I hear that has lost someone that doesn't know they have that hope, that's when I'm grieved Mm -hmm. because I don't know what to tell somebody then. But I do know, and you asked this question a long time ago, and I wanted to get back to it because I just think it's so important, especially with suicide. It brings an awkwardness to people don't know what to say. I would just say, say you don't know what to say. If I went to somebody and go, I have no idea what to say to you, but I'm I'm here. That's all you got to do. But it's the ones that we never heard from. It's the ones that fall because off. they didn't know what to say. Yeah, they're it's just an awkward, hard, or maybe it's someone that's afraid that could happen to them, and mm-hmm. they sure don't want to talk to you because maybe it's contagious. Right? Hey, it's not mm-hmm. contagious. Yeah, yeah. No, we're just we're stopping that. Let's just go on to health, and let's mm-hmm. talk about the healthy things. And the healthy things are talk about the hard things. Like, don't go. go around it. No. Yeah. I mean, you're you're not going to bring up. I don't want to bring him up because you might be sad. I'm sad all the time. Yeah. So. I think that's such a good perspective to hear because I think that when people do kind of disappear or go away, for the most part, it's not because they're awful, no, terrible people. No. It's their self-protecting, which mm-hmm. then hurts the other people as well, but they're just, they don't know what to do. And so we're hearing it from mm-hmm. you as someone who's been on the other side saying, just come in, enter into it with us. Enter in. Whatever words you have, give them. And I'm sure you look back and remember those that entered in Mm -hmm. and stayed. Mm -hmm. I think that's a key thing as well. Yes. And stayed. Not so much. Today's show is brought to you by ButcherBox. When it comes to meat, quality matters. And ButcherBox believes everyone deserves high quality, humanely raised meat. Our family loves ButcherBox because I know that I can have quality meat delivered straight to my door. It helps us plan dinners. It helps us plan what night we're going to be eating at home. I can customize our box, which every week at the Ivy House looks different between play practice and wrestling practice and football practice. And so we can customize our box to have exactly what we need, depending on what's going on in our lives that particular week. We value what we put on our bodies. We value what we put in our bodies. And we value how animals are treated. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of antibiotic and hormone-free meat right to my home. It's packed fresh, shipped frozen, and vacuum sealed. 
Each box has nine to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual meals. At around just $6 a meal, ButcherBox is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat straight to your house. It includes 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar and nitrate-free bacon. You can customize your box or go with one that they already have customized, and there's free shipping in the continental U.S. Right now, this is what you need to hear, guys. I cannot believe this is so exciting. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. Yes, you heard me right. Ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of your subscription, plus $20 off your first box. You guys, free ground beef for life. Go to butcherbox.com slash happy hour or enter the promo code happy hour at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash happy hour or enter the promo code happy hour at checkout. Today's show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. According to ZipRecruiter research, nearly three out of four employers say they're finding it difficult to fill open positions. Examples of bold steps they're taking to hire include 68% of employers have raised their wages and 23% have increased their benefits. If you have a difficult role to fill, no matter what your industry, hire with ZipRecruiter. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, all my listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, I know that you um, were able to do something at Breakaway to honor Kyle and talk about um, his life. And um, you wrote that in a letter. I did. And I suggested that you read it for us. So um, one of my friends that I pray for, Jamie, leads Breakaway. (laughs) I met him a few years ago and uh, my old pastor started Breakaway, Greg Greg Mott Mott. and uh, Ben Stewart, who took it from them. And I have been friends for a while and so I love his family, but then T.A., Timothy Atik, is a dear man, and I love his family, and we got to work together at Passion a few years ago. I met him at Passion this past year. Mm-hmm. He's a great one. So I just happened to see one afternoon he was, I think, asking for prayer because he was going to talk about suicide or something, or maybe he just was setting up the breakaway, and I just texted him and said, dude, you know, this means a lot to me. I'm definitely going to be praying for you, and he called me, I think, 10 seconds after that and asked if I could just listen to a few of his points and go, is this feel Good, yeah. on point and all? And then asked if I could just write something from a mom. And I'm like, well, okay, but it's tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm not sure I can yeah. do it that quickly, but the Lord, the Lord helps. And so we were actually able to go that night and be there when he read it. And um, so I'll just tell you how it is. I woke up this morning knowing somehow I'd been with my son in my dreams, but not being able to grasp exactly what I dreamed or remember exactly what he did or how he sounded. The memory is so close, but I can't quite touch it. And oh, how I want to. I miss him so much every moment, every day. And knowing I will never see him again, this side of heaven is excruciatingly sad for this mom, for all of us. He left such a gaping hole in our family, but fortunately, gratefully in his faithfulness, God has helped us. Without God, truly, I have no idea how we could have even survived this. Because that day, four years ago, that two police officers came to our door to tell us the devastating news will forever be my worst day ever. And to be honest, I so wish I could have done more to help my son know how dearly loved he was, remind him one more time how gifted he was, remind him who he was in Christ, name off all those who loved and respected him in his field of expertise. I wish he could have truly believed how much hope we saw for his future, but he had stopped listening and believing these truths. Taking his own life was his choice. 
He wanted to be free from his pain, but suicide doesn't eliminate the pain. It just shares it with every person who loves you. It transfers it from you to them. In my son's case, I saw several hundred people in pain at his memorial service. I just kept thinking, if only he could see this large room filled with people that loved him, that came from all over the country to honor his life. Maybe that would have made a difference. I don't know. And of course, I will always wonder what else could I have done? Was there something I could have said? If only I could have changed the outcome. Our seasons of grief have changed in the last few years. But some of the effects we have to deal with are devastation, emptiness, regret, fear of something happening to another loved one, some anger at my son for not receiving the love and support offered to him, shame, awkwardness around others, and knowing that every holiday, every family celebration will be incomplete. My sweet grandsons and granddaughter will not get the joy of knowing their crazy, fun, loving, joy-giving uncle. We have to live with the mystery of all the unanswered questions for the rest of our lives. Fortunately, God is helping and will continue to help us. I can in truth tell you that through all of this, my God has been faithful to us. To the one who thinks there's no way out, there is. To the one who thinks no one cares, they do. To, to the one who has no hope, see the hope in Jesus. To the one who is scared to get help, run to it anyway. The darkness of night never lasts forever. I mean, like, it never does. Wait for the light that always comes. I promise that the God who has been faithful to us will also be faithful to you. My son cannot be brought back. That part of my story, unfortunately, cannot be rewritten. But yours can. You can be saved. You can live. Your family can be spared this trauma, this devastation. Please, please live. It's really good. You just want to hug those kids and just shake them and say, don't be an idiot. <laughs> Lovingly, of course. Yeah. But this just, is a mama. This is real life. Yeah. Listen to your mamas. Mm -hmm. Listen to your daddies. If they're not the ones who are loving you in the way you should be, then find somebody who is. Mm -hmm. There are people to help and there are places to go. But gosh, I wish we could have done it. You know, you talk about the hope that you have mm -hmm. because of Jesus. I believe in that hope. It's never been put to test like yours has been put to test. I hope that when it is, that I'll still be as strong as you. I have one more question about what you believe in through all of this. Okay. You mentioned in there, um, I'm sure you have struggled with different times in the last six years with regret. Mm -hmm. Where do you find the gospel in that for yourself? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I did everything I could possibly, but I had um, a dear friend not too long after Kyle died. He pulled me aside and said, young lady, I'm going to tell you something. And I said, yes, sir. <sighs> Stand at attention. He goes, you are a great mama. Look at me. And when you don't feel like you were, you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, you're a great mama. I said, yes, sir. So, you know, sometimes I have to just pull myself up by my bootstraps and go, okay, Kyle believed a lie. He didn't believe the truth. Okay. I, I don't know if I'm a great mama, but I'm a good mama. I'm, I'm okay. And I didn't do things intentionally to harm my kids. I can promise you that. And God graces us. And so the fact that Kyle couldn't receive that is no more his fault as if he had had cancer. Mm -hmm. He didn't ask for it. So the fact that he was not perhaps of sound mind at the time has to be his decision. And God has graced me with not going there more than 150,000 times a day and, you know, feeling it. But I don't dwell there. And I think that's it. I feel like I can camp somewhere for a little bit. I can pitch a tent for maybe 
a few moments, but I'm not going to build a foundation. You're and, not going to stay there. And, yeah. and build a house around it. Yeah. I'm just going to pick up those stakes yeah. and move on down the yeah. road. Understandably. I mean, and the reason I ask that is because I know that as moms, we can try to bear a lot of our children's burdens. Mm -hmm. um, this is a major one that you're having to walk through. But even if we're not talking about, you know, depression, mental illness, and suicide, there are still things that we look and go, is this me? You know, yes. and I think yes. the gospel is there for us, you know, yeah. to remind us that God has equipped us and he has empowered us and that he is for our children as well. And yes. he is with them as well. Well, and I think that's something when, when your kids are at your home, in your home, and you're just like, when is this ever going to, you know, when do I get a break and when do I get a rest? And yet you forget that really they're just loaned to you for a little bit of time to instruct and to send off on this grown-up land, you know, this path that will take them to their grown-up land. And having adult children now, I see so many, I, I see them all doing what God has called them to do and living a life of faith. And I don't take that for granted. Kyle lived a life of faith too. I, I need to say that. Maybe at the end, he wasn't right there with Jesus, like I wish he was. But I even found something when we moved not too long ago where he had written something. And I think this helps to remind me that the gospel goes beyond what a mama can do. Kyle wrote, I can't explain how I feel right now. I've never felt like this before. I'm totally relying on God to provide. I am taking a leap of faith, and I know I'm protected and will be taken care of. I want to serve. And that is all. I want to spread the word to the people who are not as fortunate as I. And I just, um, finding that was a gift. That's a gift. It was true in his life. And I'm going to take that. And even, you know, even the gospel in ours, maybe we're not the ones that brought our kids to faith in Christ. Maybe it was VBS, or maybe it was a friend, or maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. And we don't have Sunday school anymore, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, It's someone else in their life. Maybe that's not it. But the gospel goes and sinks deep. Even if you don't see it for a while, it's there and it's going to come back. The word doesn't return void. And so we prayed those things constantly. I taught Sunday school, I think I mentioned earlier, for so long. And I pray even... This week, I prayed for every girl I used to teach that the word would not come back void, that it would spring back yeah. up in their life. Even now, right now, where are they? They're grownups. They've got their own homes or they're doing their own businesses. And they're, but I want it to spread new growth in them because that word can come back and do something new, even if you knew it so well. Yeah, yeah. And so I love that 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 we don't get to we don't get to control our kids, but we do get to pray that God can infiltrate yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, even God's word's clear that some will plant and some will water, and it's God that does the growing. Mm -hmm. And so we just we're faithful, and we pray for other people to be faithful in our kids' lives, and then God does what He does. He does what He does. Um, Nancy, thanks for opening up about your story. Thank you. Um, I um, am honored to know you. I never met Kyle, um, but I know I would have liked him. Yeah, you would have. I've met all of your other children, I think. I know. Um, and I know that I would have liked him. And um, so it's an honor to know him through you Thank as you. well. And you guys, all the Mattinglings carry on Thank his so his much. name and his legacy and that he lived a great life. Well, and I just want to tell your listeners too, I know they think they they know how wonderful you are, but um, on January 28th, yours is the first text message to hit my phone every year. And you're faithful to that. And one time you told me you set your calendar. And I just, I find your loving intentionally so beautiful. Oh. That is a small thing. You don't have to think about it. You set your phone. but that means a lot. So even in just thinking, you know, how can people help those in their lives that have a loss or maybe just are having a tough time? You can set your phone, people, to remind you. I have you. a yearly reminder of when Kyle died. But it makes 
It makes us mamas so yeah. grateful. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. Um, you listen to the show, so you know what happens I next. I listen to is, the show. Um, and you often text me on your run that you're listening <laughs> to my show. Um, we, I love to ask my, my um, people I'm interviewing, what are they loving and what are they reading? So tell me what Nancy's loving right now. Today's What Are You Loving and What Are You Reading is brought to you by Oniko 2087. Book your next getaway to the stunning white beaches of Riviera Maya and immerse yourself in a one-of-a-kind experience. Oniko 2087 Hotel Riviera Maya is the adult-only, all-inclusive hotel situated south of Playa del Carmen. Discover and embrace contemporary Mexico face-to-face and share in a passion for the region defined by relaxed luxury and cultural immersion. Dining at Oniko 2087 is a multi-sensory adventure. While locally sourced ingredients are a staple at every restaurant and bar, the offerings are a diverse mix of international flavors. They have exciting pop-up events, which include cooking classes, mixology classes, salsa lessons, and so much more. Each of their three pools, which is where you would find me, guys, offer poolside food and drink service, as well as cabanas that can be booked in advance. From select spa and beauty salon treatments to golf and excursions, your stay includes all the amenities of a luxury hotel and more. Visit onicohotelrivieramaya.com or contact your preferred travel professional. Oh, I am loving my grandchildren. If I didn't sound enthusiastic enough at the beginning about them, they are a hundred thousand percent a delight to me. Mm-hmm. Um, all five, all six of them, all five boys, all this precious little girl. And so not living in the same town as some of them, we rely on FaceTime a lot and we call and text and send pictures and have the family text, but, um, getting time with them is immeasurable. It's just such a delight. Um, I love being outside. I love the outdoors. I love sunrises and sunsets. Did Kyle get that from you? I think so, although he thought he originated it. (laughs) Um, I love trees. I love the sky. I love the hills. I just, that um, invigorates me, reminds me of a creator that's so much more uh, articulate and specific and intentional than we could ever know because he just did this vast vastness and then he does you know, the our cell structure. Thing. Yes. So I'm, yeah. I'm, my mind is blown over and over. I'm like a kid. I wake up every day and just go, you know, he's here. And on cloudy, foggy days, you know, the sun still shines. It's just, we can't see it. So it just reminds me, everything in nature reminds me of his beauty. And then it's totally not spiritual as I love to thrift shop. This is, so, we would, I would not be able to go with you on now this. I, know, I don't like thrift shopping. About you, but but Jamie, you would love it with no, me. I, we would well, have maybe so with much you. Fun. I just don't want to go through the things. We can just talk. You can talk to me while I go through okay. the things and show you. And you go, oh, that's really cute. I love that. And what? It would have been $100 in the store and it's seven. That's awesome. I, I, I would rather pay 100 I can't handle oh, it. Oh, Jamie, Jamie, <laughs> let me work with you. I will be your shopping okay. I helper. need a thrift shopping buddy. What are you reading? I am... I'm about to finish a novel um, right now, just a, a fiction novel. I think it's by Colleen Cobble. I can't remember her name, but I think that's it. And um, I'm about to pick up Beth's new book, Chasing Vines, which I'm so excited it's about. Good. I'm I'm excited about that. So I love reading. I've got a book or two going at all times. All the times. Yeah. And if I don't know what the next one is, I kind of get a little panicky. Like you got to have it. I have to know. You got to have your run and your I book. I got to have my run and my book and my people. And your people. And my Jesus. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Nancy, for real, um, I'm not kidding when I say that I have never felt more prayed for than by you. So thank you for that. And on behalf of all of the 800 other people that you also do that for, Stop I'd like it. to say thank you to them as well. Uh, you have a gift. I mean, like you have a, a gift. And so thank you for that. God is God is using your encouragement to, to spur on the body of Christ. And you're doing that so well. And also thank you for opening up about your story. Um, thank you. What I know is that you are going to be able to meet people in the middle of their pain right now. Because you understand. So thank you for sharing. We didn't get a chance to write this part of our story, but we do get to say what we do with it. Yeah. And I'll be darned if the enemy gets it. You know, I want God to get the glory and people to see that 
I mean, like he's faithful enough to hold us up. You know, he's faithful enough to hold you up too. Mm. Even if what you're going through isn't anything like ours. Yeah. So he's faithful. Keep your eyes on him. He's faithful. Thank you, friend. I love you, Jamie. Love Thank you too. You. Thank you. Friends, I am so thankful for Nancy's willingness to sit down with us and talk about her journey with losing her son in such a tragic way. Her vulnerability with her emotions causes me, honestly, to lean closer to God in my moments of difficulty. If you know someone that is struggling with mental illness, I pray that her words, her emotions, everything that she said today, meet you in a way that only she could meet you in. I'm thankful for Nancy's prayers in my life. And honestly, she makes me want to reach out to others as I pray for them. Maybe we can all do that. I wanna mention something real quick that she mentions and encourage you to do this as well. She mentioned that I text her every year on the anniversary of the death of her son. And it is true. I do that, but it's only because I literally have it as a recurring event in my calendar. That way I never forget to reach out to her about her son. I encourage you to do that as well. Listen close to your friends when they tell you about a day that is hard for them. Write it down and reach out to them when that date rolls around. It's not rocket science here. Just use your old calendar app to help you out, which I need all the help I can get because I have such a bad memory, but it's a small way that we can show our friends that we love them and care about them. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slackers and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my friend Jenny Allen is back on the happy hour and it's about time, you guys. Listen to this. Jenny was my 12th guest on the show and now she's number 287. Isn't that fun? She was there in the very beginning. Jenny and I have been friends before I was doing podcasts, before I was writing books, before she was doing If Gathering. And so it's such an honor to always sit down and bring her back on the show. Jenny has a new book out called Get Out of Your Head. It's such a great book. It's been such a gift to me. And I'm excited to share our friendship and her thoughts and all that God's doing in her life and through her with you next week. Guys, enjoy the week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. Happy March, you guys. And I'll see you back here next week with my friend, Jenny Allen. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.